Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 11, Scissors. The original air date for this episode was December 16th, 2016. It was directed by Stephen Herrick, who is a director we've actually had before. Oh. This is the first time that we've had a repeat director. Um, he directed such films as Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Critters, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Mr. Holland's Opus, and of course, The Mighty Ducks. Yes. And he also directed The Young MacGyver Pilot. Oh dear. Is the same guy. Which might be why this episode ends with a nuclear bomb headed for the coast. Yeah. But who well, knows? Hey, you know, that's a good point. <clears throat> uh, this episode was written by... Uh, two women who have previously written episodes. Uh, Lindsay Allen had written Corkscrew, and Nancy Q had written Toothpick prior to tonight's episode. Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, Riley goes missing. And at the same time, she is suspected to be one of the hackers who have released some top-secret information from the NSA. Right. Um, and I realized after I said it that I should have explained because of the terrible naming scheme they have for the episodes this yeah. season that Corkscrew is the Murdoch episode and Toothpick was the Train episode. Yes. If those episodes had been called Murdoch and Train, I would have been <laughs> much happier, <laughs> much easier to remember. It's like, oh yeah, Murdoch episode. Yeah. Which one was the one with the Train? Uh, train. Got it. Uh, oddly enough, this episode does feature scissors. Right. So we, we do we do have that yeah, in the sometimes, most horrifying sometimes, moment. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying for network television. Well, we'll get uh, there. Yeah. So where do we start this episode? In the kitchen? Uh, we're in the kitchen, and it's Christmas. Right. This is, this the, is our Christmas episode. Yeah, which is uh, uh, pretty... Okay. You know, <laughs> like, um, we can't say that the old show didn't have a Christmas episode, which was amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> Are you talking about the Madonna? Or are you I'm talking, talking about, about the Madonna. Any number of terrible Christmas episodes. No, no, the Madonna. Just, okay. The Madonna is the only Christmas episode of MacGyver that I will acknowledge. <laughs> oh my god, what a terrible, terrible episode. <laughs> There's magic. Yeah. There's magic in a MacGyver episode. There's a telekinesis uh, utilizing homeless woman. Uh, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, Bozer is wooing uh, Riley with his famous... Christmas pastrami, which is a which is a not thing, a, not a euphemism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he claims that anybody who who doesn't celebrate with Christmas pastrami is doing it wrong, mm-hmm. and that he's the champ at it. Um, but she's sort of withdrawn and not enjoying being around for Christmas because um, it's kind of the same thing as what the same backstory for MacGyver. Yeah. During the Madonna episode, which is he doesn't like Christmas because bad things happen with his family around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and he thinks that there's no miracles and he doesn't want to be around, and so that's yeah. exactly the story that's been given to her. Um, and yeah, so she's just saying it bums her out. She mm-hmm. she's you're supposed to be around your family, and she doesn't care for a lot of her family, and and uh, things are sad. And miracles don't happen. And he says, okay, well, stir this. Yeah. I'm going to go put something yeah. on the grill. He, he's really kind of indifferent. Like, he yeah. keeps telling her to be quiet. In a way, He keeps it, making dumb jokes about it. But but he's, like, he's like telling her, I was like, okay, you can pump the brakes on that. Yeah, she's like, like my dad was really abusive. And he's like, whoa, why don't we pump the brakes on the humbug mobile? It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, I thought I could talk to you about things. I yeah, guess, apparently I not. not. Boyfriend. Uh, so, yeah, he has Riley... Uh, Stir stir sauce, right? Which she's not doing overheat. She's just, I mean, at first she's just stirring it in place. Yeah. Where where she was handed the pot. Yeah. Um. And then he takes a big hunk of pastrami outside, and they keep setting it up like he's gonna throw it off the balcony. Yeah. Because uh, there it's it's like the way they have the camera set up, it's it's centered on the pastrami. Yeah, and they so, do all these inserts of it to show mm-hmm. you like, oh look, it's precariously sitting here on the ledge. Yeah. Uh. So Bozer's trying to light the smoker that MacGyver has uh, adjusted. Yeah. It's like it's a pressure cooker slash smoker, mm-hmm. and it's got all these dials and levers on it that he's terrified to flip. Yeah, it's got it's got a readout much like uh, the DeLorean time it machine. It did look like the DeLorean <laughs> when it first started up. I thought, like, is this like, did Murdoch set up a time machine out here? Are we going to deal with three ghosts tonight? 
There he goes. That was going to be like a Scrooged. You know, we're going to send Riley back in time to see Christmas past. Mm -hmm. But um, that's not what happened. Uh, Thank God. So, well, the smoker starts to work. In fact, it works so well that the smoke alarm in the house goes off. Right. Uh, But it's not. But that's not because of the smoker. (laughs) Ironic. Is that ironic? Um, (laughs) No, it's because Riley wasn't stirring the sauce and left it on the stove. Right. Uh, And it was just pretty much on fire and she's just blatantly gone she's not just standing there watching it she vanished and uh he kind of checks around the house for a while and he can't find her and that's your opening gambit ladies yep. and gentlemen yep burning the sauce is uh is it yeah uh when we come back it's mac same and jack. location yeah mac and jack are now there on bozers relaying the story of how they were having a talk she seemed kind of out of it and then she was gone yeah uh when they uh, they're MacGyver kinda... was on the phone, right? As he's explaining to Jack what happened? Well, Jack was on the phone with somebody. Oh, okay. And that's when Jack kind of comes in and says, okay, we just checked out Riley's apartment. It's been tossed. Yeah. So, and All, all of the... her hard drives have been drilled, yeah. and her phone was there, which is a bad sign, but she was with him, so she should have had her phone. Mm-hmm. Unless she just went straight home and left all that stuff. Well, I'm assuming that... She drilled yeah. the hard drives herself to keep them from getting... That's the only thing I can think yeah, of. Maybe that's what's going on. Uh, as we'll see how, how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they get a call from Thornton that they're to head in. And uh, this time Bozer gets to sit in on the, the briefing. Which they, for the first time, they go, they go behind some of that um, electrically charged glass. Oh yeah, they actually turn it on so that it, it basically is fogged up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Thornton is in, informing them that the NSA got hacked um and that a piece of information got released online and it's an order from the nsa to use a cyber weapon against china but it's fake right like china thinks it's real though uh they've already deployed several submarines on their way to the pacific yeah uh there's a whole pack of them and even though they're submarines they're traveling two feet deep in the water so you can see see them them blatantly from above the water that's a show of force yeah they, they, they don't need to hide. Uh, so Thornton in also now reveals... I would just be worried they would just get shot out of the water if it's counted as an aggression already. Yeah. I mean, it gets, well, as long as they're in international waters, they're really not doing anything. That's true. It's, it's legal to murder people in international waters. <laughs> so there would be no problems. China would have no issue. If yeah, we... Exactly. It's like, dang it, international waters. Ah, why didn't we think of this? Is there anywhere that a China water touches America water? <laughs> Only if you drink smart water. What? Ah. Made in China. Uh, so Thornton also now reveals that she knows who is responsible for the hack. Right. And she just displays a picture of Pulls Riley. Pulls up a picture of Riley. <laughs> uh, Thornton is pretty sure that Riley is involved. And the NSA and pretty, pretty much every agency is after her. And since... She has a history of attempting to hack the NSA, and that's why she was sent to prison in the first place. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, you know, an order out for her, but Thornton is stalling their investigation by saying that Riley is currently in a deep cover assignment and she can't be reached. Right. Thornton wants the group to find Riley uh, before everyone else. Right. Because she's, she can only stall for so long, and even if she continues to stall. She'll eventually be found out as a liar. Right. And that's and not going to help. Phoenix will lose all of their qualification to work with the government. Yeah. Anything. Mac and MacGyver. Mac and MacGyver? Sorry, I'm having a... You're trying so hard not to say so. I know. That. <laughs> Jack and Mac are getting ready to uh, head out, but Bozer wants in, and they don't want Bozer in. Right. He is not a field agent. He doesn't know anything about weapons or fighting. He doesn't know Kung Fu. Yeah. However, he does happen to have a lead on where Riley might be. Right. And uses that as leverage to join the group. Because and for some reason, they let him come along even yeah. after that yeah, even leverage after that. is gone. Um, but he, yeah, he basically says that he went with her one time to buy computer parts from the only person she trusts to sell her computer parts. Yeah, this guy named Jaden. And so Bozer... <laughs> say it jeez bozer takes jack and macgyver to Jaden's place 
there's a weird encounter at the front door with uh, a character who's just credited as Millennial. I know, yeah. Um, I was like, that's kind of insulting a little bit as a character name. Right. Uh, Especially since he looks like he's like the same age as me. Yeah. <laughs> I think of Millennials as being born this millennium. I thought that was the point of it. No, I, Millennials is now a term that covers even the late 70s. It's just going to keep going further and further back. Yeah, it's it has to stop at some point. I thought we were Generation Y or something. I feel like Generation X was after the 70s. Yeah. How is Millennial before Generation X? I I don't I I don't have an answer. Answer these questions, listeners. <laughs> uh Jack and MacGyver have no problem with the millennial at the door because right. we never see him again. Yeah. Like there's not even a, like an inclination that they roughed him up. They just, he just vanishes. Yeah. And Jack and MacGyver are now in the basement with Jaden, uh, threatening to, uh, burn up more of his machines as MacGyver kind of just like grabs a piece of electrical wire and just starts shorting out the computers. Yeah. He basically like knocked out a, it just looks like he, he touches it to, like a VGA port right, for a right. monitor or something, and it turns off. Um, but it, I, I, there was one line here that I really liked when uh, when Bozer comes in and the guy notices him over the monitors, and he's like, oh, I know you. You're the guy who didn't know the difference between CPU and GPU. And he's like, that's not something normal people are embarrassed about. <laughs> oh, and there was another joke earlier when they were leaving, <laughs> when they were leaving the foundation when uh, when... Jack turns to MacGyver and he said, what are you supposed to be, some Nosferatu? You think you know what's going to happen? <laughs> he's like, Nosferatu? Are you calling me a vampire? He's like, no, he's the guy that like predicts stuff. He's like, you mean Nostradamus? And he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I just like the joke that he thinks they're the same. Uh, one of the things that Jaden did for Riley's new laptop is build a tracker into it at her request. Jack seems to think that the tracker is there that in such a way <laughs> so, that, that part wasn't even like a, I know I'm <laughs> eliminating it from my just vocabulary say it. just say it just say <laughs> okay it. I will from now on this I will say it this whole episode is just going to be you saying so over and over again however <laughs> I seriously want to cut it together it's like it's Frederick Riley so 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 MacGyver thinks that it could be a trap, that uh, Riley is intentionally leading them somewhere. Right. And where is she is leading them? But none other than the great Vancouver, Canada. Right. So this is the first time we've ever shot in Vancouver for the show, right? Except for... <laughs> it's still Atlanta. <laughs> this is Atlanta for Vancouver as opposed mm. to the Vancouver for Atlanta that I'm sure we've had sometime yeah. in the past. We, we go all over the place in this episode, though, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we start in La La Land, mm -hmm. which was I was hoping that that was a like a a bad fan sub or something like that. Like that was like no, that was the, the actual, the actual title. show. Yeah. I mean, that's what people call L.A. La La Land because yeah, LA. or, or unless you're referring to the the film, the recent film, but yeah, I don't think anyone calls it that. I don't know. <laughs> I think people call it that their first year here. And they're telling their friends about how they live in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. They, or they say Holly like, weird. Yeah. And then after that, they're like, oh, those are both dumb things to say. Let's see. We're in Vancouver. There's a lot of, like, one of the things that's weird about this episode is that there's a lot of heart-to-heart uh, -heart moments. Uh, yeah, it's like every scene almost. Yeah. So in this episode, or in this scene particularly... Jack and Mech and Bozer kind of tell the story of how Jack met Riley. And it's not so different from the exact story that he told in the pilot. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that now Bozer is hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Jack dated Riley's mom and tried to make a connection with Riley and was going okay until Riley's father, who was a drunk, came back into the mother's life and started roughing her up. So he kicked his ass and then disappeared disappeared like he felt that that maybe this life wasn't good for riley that having a violently prone person like jack like even though he did it with the best of intentions and maybe like this isn't the best thing for her yeah so he decided to leave and now she resents him yeah 
uh, while they're waiting. I don't even know how they knew to wait in that area. I'm guessing they were just like tracking the pings from her laptop right. and it led to them, this park. So just, we'll, we'll just wait here. This is literally the exact center of Vancouver. So mm-hmm. let's just wait here until she walks by. And there she is. Oh, what do you yeah, know? Yep, they, they catch her walking by uh, a, a blue, van, blue van. Like, I don't know. Super <laughs> inconspicuous bright yeah. blue van. I don't know what it is with the vehicles on this show lately. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the traditional window, windowless white vans. Yes. Candy uh, vans, as they're known. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I, think, I want to say it was at the end of um, a zero punctuation uh, but he, it was like, like a random quote, it says, because it was like a Miyazaki game, one of the game, Miyazaki games. Yeah. Um, and it says, Spirited Away is what I call my windowless van. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that reminds me of a funny story that I heard that may or may not be true, but I wanted to share it with you. Um, so apparently, you know the scene from Master of Disguise where he says, "Am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club?" Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was shot the morning of September 11th. Oh, jeez! And they observed a moment of silence with him dressed as that turtle guy. <laughs> so try to remember that the next time you're watching that movie, oh, aka God. never. Yeah, never watch that movie. <laughs> but if you do, during that whole scene, think about Dana Carvey trying to keep a straight face during a moment of silence mm-hmm. while dressed as a turtle. Brent Spiner was the villain in that, right? I never saw the oh, movie. Okay. I just saw the trailer enough to memorize it. Oh, Master of Disguise. I think it is Brent Spiner because I think you told me that he also like had like irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, and he kept like, farting and embarrassing himself. Yeah, that's like the running gag of, of the of the <laughs> of the of his villainy. Literally running gag. Oh. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, they see Riley, so Riley does enter the frame. Right. And approaches the van. She's not in the van. She's meeting with the people in right. the van. I thought she was going to get in the van. But instead, she just hands them uh, a laptop through the window. Right. And as soon as she hands them the laptop, the back doors fly open and a woman is thrown from the van as it right. speeds away. Yeah. And so Jack, Mac, and Bozer quick run out to them. And it's you know a middle-aged woman. And Jack immediately recognizes her as Diane, yeah. Riley's mother. And, and she's wearing something... That was no doubt inspired by executive producer yeah. <laughs> James Wan. She's wearing like this saw-esque contraption. Around her neck. And it's motorized so that it's not just choking her around her neck, but it's actually still cranking tighter and tighter yeah, it's constricting. as she's there. Yeah, it, it will eventually decapitate her. Right. And so... Or kill his motor on this thing. Yeah, I'm sure one of the other two things would happen. She'll be dead either way. Right. Uh, MacGyver it, tries to work some kind of magic on the on the device by like just throwing his knife yeah, in he there. He just wants to cut it, and he's just kind of stabbing away and trying to crank things. And then he decides that he can get leverage on the scissors from his Swiss Army knife if he basically makes the extra handle of the scissors bigger. Mm-hmm. And so while this woman is choking, he, like, wanders off and finds this sign stepped into the yard. Yeah. And he pulls the, the post out for it, digs a little hole on the top so that he can jam the scissor handle into it so that it'll have more leverage to actually cut the rope of this mm-hmm. thing. Which I feel like he should have used the knife to do that, and it probably would have cut a lot easier. I thought it was something – I thought it was some kind of steel wire mesh. What it, Well, whatever it was, these tiny scissors that are meant to, like, cut – Floss are not yeah, going to cut it. Yeah, fishing line at the most, you know. It's not. They wouldn't cut through this rope. <laughs> They're not going to cut it. Was that uh, was that intentional? No. Uh, <laughs> but but again, like yeah, the whole concept of leverage, like that you would use like on a bolt cutter or something right. like that. It's the length of the arms that actually kind of gives you the yeah the, the added strength. And so he's through. able to cut the thing, and the woman is prevented from being decapitated. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she will have a permanent scar around her. Oh yeah, because it was it was on tight enough that the people who were trying to get their hands underneath it, their fingers were all bloody. Yeah, it was pretty. It was actually a pretty intense scene. Yeah, like had it been a different show, I would have been really afraid for what was happening. Yeah, if censors cared about violence the same way they care about language, mm-hmm. this scene would not have been in the episode. Yeah. So Riley now comes clean about everything. 
she shows Thornton, I guess Jeff Thornton, uh, the video that she was sent with her mom captured in a very, right. uh, very, like, oh, I don't know, very terroristic kind of way. Where I was going to say, like, Daniel Pearl. Yeah. photographer was taken by Al-Qaeda or whatever. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like a terrorist video where they're holding a gun to her head and she's reading a prepared script. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was forced to hack into the NSA in order to steal the cyber weapon and and obviously plant the fake uh, release. Right. But... To save her mother. Correct. And we also find out why she went to jail the first time. In the first place was also for hacking the NSA. However, she knew that it, this organization she was working for called The Collective would never stop. And so she figured the best way to do it would be to get caught. So she intentionally let herself get caught right. hacking the NSA. And when The Collective said, oh, she just got caught, well, we can't use her mother as leverage anymore. So yeah. they let her go. Um, there, there's a point when which leverage comes liability. Yeah. And so I would have... If not, I was the collective, I would have killed her. Yeah. Because, like, oh, well, now well, she's just... I mean, if she's in a supermax and there's no chance in sight of her getting out of prison, mm-hmm. then there's no reason not to make good on your threat. Yeah. But unbeknownst to them, she would actually get out of prison, and so they're like, oh, well, thank God we didn't kill the mom, because yeah. now we can kill her. And they basically said as much, this time we're going to kill her either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can do what we said or not, and we're going to kill her. Yeah. So wait... Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Is it? No, no, we won't kill her if, if you, you do, do it. it. But she'll die somehow. Maybe I, we're, What we're telling you is your mom's mortal. Yeah. And we're going to put a thing around her neck. Yeah. That may or may not kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just let this thing play out? Let's just see Look, how it is. this little gets. clown that rides a tricycle around, and he said, <laughs> we have to put this thing on her head. <laughs> do you want to play a game? So after this... Uh, Jack and Diane, two American uh, kids from the Heartland, have a moment to talk, and now they're talking about why Riley was brought into this business and that Jack is a liar. Yeah, and she's mad at Jack for getting her in all this trouble when she was already in prison. She was in federal prison without mm-hmm. possibility of parole, without his help. Right. And now she's working out. for the government instead of in prison. I, I, I see this only as a win. Yeah. But clearly it's dangerous work. Yeah. And she says, she reiterates a point she's apparently made in the past that Jack needs to keep her safe and that if he doesn't, she will end him. Mm-hmm. One of the, uh, while Riley was working for the collective, she, I guess, I feel the writers use the word hack just a little, a little bit too much. Sure. She says, I hacked one of their servers. It's like, well, you were working for them. Did they... Probably just gave you access to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily needed to hack it. Right. Um, but she was able, the best she was able to get was that they were interested in a building in Shanghai. Yeah. So they figure, well, then that's where we're going. We have 16 hours to get to Shanghai because that's when these subs will be within yeah, uh, the strike sub, range. Yeah, so we're, we were given a, a strict deadline of 16 hours. What's the fastest flight plan to uh, Shanghai? Oh, 22 hours? Great. Yeah. I'll be there Perfect. in 10. It's the wolf is flying the plane. Yeah. Uh, also, centered in the wolf? <laughs> also, you're crossing the international dateline the other way? So it's actually... I'll be there tomorrow, crap. <laughs> uh, so we just hard cut to uh, Shanghai. Right. And we know it's Shanghai because there are uh, Chinese people in face masks. Right. Like... To... Fending off bird flu and... Yeah. So it, must be, it must be China. I guess, Shanghai doesn't have the same pollution problem that Beijing does, right? Beijing is the worst one. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, they're all, not, it's yeah. not great, yeah. Yeah, all cities have terrible. But, right. uh, And what's weird is here are clearly three Americans talking only in English to each other. And, and to street vendors. And to street vendors. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you're going to be... Be very like I mean I know you can go to China as an American like there's not like there you know it's not like you're forbidden to go there yeah except for the forbidden city right <laughs> but that's presumably not where they are yeah <laughs> oh no uh oh we've been in the forbidden city the whole time um, but uh, they basically um, Riley's just like holding up this high tech iPad and pointing it at the building mm-hmm. 
Like, I can't get eyes on anything. Yeah. Uh, I can't get eyes on anything. Like, and, and try and be more suspicious, maybe. Yeah, and given the importance of this building that we'll discover, it's like, they, they must have more security yeah, outside. They wouldn't let you just walk around pointing a camera at the building. If anything, that vendor they were talking to works for them. Right. And then she says, well, if I can't get eyes on the inside, then maybe I can get eyes on the outside. And then she hacks into an ATM machine that's just outside the building to get access to the the camera records again that atm would not be there given right. the importance of this building you that wouldn't ATM put anything would not be that could be disguised as a, that could be a bomb disguised as a thing mm-hmm. outside of a building first of all second of all the recordings are typically not stored in the machine mm-hmm. because otherwise if the machine gets stolen nobody has any idea who took yeah. it the whole point is that the information is being relayed to something that is recording it but she's able to rewind the cameras inside the atm mm-hmm. machine so they see the laptop go in. Uh, I don't know Under why they the couldn't. the arm of a guard. Yeah, um, I don't know why they couldn't use the tracker, but that she installed. Yeah. <laughs> to find out where. Yeah, it they should have just been following it that way. Um, and so in order to get in, they need a distraction. And they're like, "How are we going to get into this place? There's guards everywhere." Well, this guy got in dressed as a guard. Anyway, so how are we going to get in? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we dress as guards? Three, uh, three white guards just wandering yeah. to the Chinese embassy or wherever. Well, the uniforms are very, very believable. <laughs> Where, where's Bozer with his masks? Yeah. He has a Chinese general mask. Uh, so Mac goes into this kind of idea of how you build an air raid siren. Now, I'm certain that the concept of how you build this air raid siren is correct. Right. However, I do not believe... The execution the, here. The execution of carving a PVC pipe with a Swiss Army knife. A thick, huge piece of PVC pipe, yeah. by the way. This is this is like an 18-inch pipe. Yeah. In diameter, it is. Yeah. It, maybe, maybe not that. It, it's like 12 inches, at least. Yeah. It's a big pipe. Either way, that knife isn't cutting it. Yeah. Get it? The joke from before. So, he cuts these... <laughs> Right you hear it so, now, right? It perfect. No. <laughs> <laughs> these two pieces of PVC pipe with uh, these vertical not uh, like openings in it. The concept is that they'll spin within each other, and the friction of the no- of the air in between them makes noise. Right. Now, yes, I'm certain that this is how air air raid siren- sirens do work. However, when he starts this machine up, it sounds like a perfect. Perfectly sync sound, uh, you know, yeah, real air like, raid siren. Like an actual, like, nuclear air raid siren. Mm-hmm. And it even slows down, which... Yeah, it, it's like... It, it's like, no, this is on top of an air conditioning vent. It's going to be going be, at a constant speed. It would be speed. consistent. And it would probably be drowned out by the sound of the air conditioning anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, luckily, the air conditioning is not on at this point. Right. They somehow time it in such a way that when they walk in the front door, disguised as obnoxious American tourists. Yeah. Uh, Who would not even be let into the lobby of this building. Exactly. Um, I mean, well, well I'm just going to say it. This is supposed to be the Chinese Strategic Command. Right. This 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 This, this is where building. they launched. This is like if three Chinese people wandered haphazardly into the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that would happen. Uh they start annoying the guard at the front door, and then that's when, luckily, someone turns on the air conditioning, and uh, the air raid siren goes off. Yeah. Uh, the building is put under lockdown, and the guard says that they can't leave, even though they probably would have just been thrown out. I would yeah. think. They would just be pushed out of the lobby, and they would say, we're on lockdown. But instead, they're like, hold on, I'm going to walk you up to the server room. Let's, we got to yeah. figure out what's going on here. Get there, next to our secrets. There was a weird, like... I'm like 90% positive that when they walked past the server room, it was just a green screen. And Oh, maybe. Because it had like this weird flow. Motion to it, yeah. Yeah, like, like the, the, the sweeping motion of the server room didn't quite match the sweeping motion of the camera. Yeah. But he basically locks him in the room right next door to the server room. Mm-hmm. And that's when MacGyver concludes that all those servers and all these techs and all these guards, this must be the strategic high command. Yeah. Uh, so now they have to get out of this room, and uh, 
Riley fakes a fight, but kind of not fake a yeah, fight with she, Jack. For, she starts it by slapping Jack and saying, I told you this wasn't the Sh- Shanghai Tower or something mm-hmm. like that. And then they, they start having a fight while the guard is there for his benefit. But then even after the door closes, they're still shouting at each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she keeps slapping him and yelling at him, and Jack kind of even leans in. Wait, wait, is this for real? Or... Sorry, is this, are, we, are we still fake fighting? He, even as the guard's getting really close to them, actually, he's yeah. like, is this still, are we, are we fighting for real here? Uh, Mac lifts the key off the guard, which yeah, is uh, like an electronic key. Yeah, the guard is, like, leaning in to intervene in this argument between these two people, which he would not care about. He would have just locked that room and walked mm-hmm. away from it while they figure out what's going on in the building. But as he's leaning into that, MacGyver pulls his, like, retracting key card and just cuts the string on it so that right. he has the card. So they now escape from this room using the card, and they get to one of the main elevators, and they figure that uh, the guard would have access to everything except the most sensitive areas. Right. So he just starts pushing every button on the elevator, and one button does not light up. Right. And that's the 30th floor. Which... I think they would have guessed that it was the 30th floor. It would make more sense to me if it was like the 27th floor. Yeah, like, like a that. random floor. Yeah, don't make it the top because it's susceptible to a helicopter attack. Mm-hmm. First of all. Second of all, if they took this guy's badge off of him, he can't get any of these doors. He should have just been out in the hallway like, hey, did you guys take my badge? I can't <laughs> get it anywhere. I have so many layers of security. <laughs> my voice is my passport. Verify me. All right. What it's from? We've talked about it a lot. I know, I know. I just like to throw it out there. From Sneak. (laughs) Stephen Tobolowski. When they realize that uh, the guard's not going to have access and they need to either steal another card or knock someone out, and basically they're worried about having too many uh, people missing their cards. Right. So MacGyver builds a fob range extender which I guess amplifies the magnetic field of any fob key card that's right. around. While he's building it, he has a moment to talk to Riley. So this is another one of those little heart-to-heart moments that we have in this episode. This one seems really needless because every time prior to this in the episode that Jack and Riley start arguing with each other, MacGyver's like, hold on, we have a mission to deal with. Can mm-hmm. you guys stop fighting for a second? And here he's prodding her while he's trying to build something. Mm-hmm. So... MacGyver lets it slip that uh, Jack is uncomfortable working with Riley because of their history. But he never really said that he was uncomfortable working with her. He just said he's he's upset that she didn't trust them and come to them first when this whole mm-hmm. thing went down. And he says, like, I just thought that we had more trust than we do, and and it bothers me that she didn't that she didn't come to us because we could have helped her. Like, I would want to help her. I I want to be the person she comes to with these problems. And MacGyver makes it sound like, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't trust you. Mm-hmm. He feels like he can't work with you because he doesn't trust you. Anyway, uh, this this chip's done. Yeah. Now we just need to find someone with a card. And uh, O'Reilly walks around and uses, uses her feminine wile <laughs> yeah. uh, to lure a poor tech who first ver- verifies whether or not he speaks English. Yeah, she walks, she's walking down the hallway and she's like, Hey, do you speak English? <laughs> and the guy, like, I don't know how he confirms that he doesn't because we were too busy laughing at how she said English. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted her to say, like, good, me neither, apparently, because I just said English with a three syllable word. <laughs> but then she leads him to the elevators. <laughs> and uh, she gets him close enough that his fob, you know, reacts to the fob extender mm. and. And they clear through access to the 30th floor. I don't know how she randomly picked the only person with access to the right. 30th floor. But good for her. Yeah. Uh, she gives him a little kiss to thank to, to thank the poor helpless tech. Yeah. But as the elevator door closed, she says, uh, I figure I'd give him at least 15 minutes before he, he notifies somebody that he saw us. Right. And then the she building. immediately turns to Jack and says, so I heard you don't trust me. You yeah. never said you don't trust me. And he's like, okay, can we not fight right now? Yeah. I know I started it this time. Uh, he literally says that. I'm, that's not just my commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack does bring up that uh, that she has an issue. She might have an issue with what he did to her father. Right. And 
she says that you were my father. Right. Essentially. Yeah. You know. But she also it's weird because she says, "Oh yeah, you just want to deal with everything with violence." And he's like, "Look, is this about your dad?" And she starts crying and he says, "Look, I'm sorry about what happened with your dad. And I'm sorry I had to beat him up, but that's what I had to do and you don't know the whole story." And she's like, "I know the whole story and I don't care that you had to beat him up. I'm angry because you left." And that doesn't make sense because she started the argument by saying that he wants that he thinks violence is the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. So the pro- if the problem wasn't violence, then why do you care that he thinks violence is the answer to everything? You're just mad that he left. Then say that he doesn't stick around often enough, even though in the last eleven episodes he has never abandoned you once, mm-hmm. and you know now why he had to do it then. And he's trying really hard. Yeah. When they get up to the 30th floor, uh, there's a single guard, luckily. Is uh, it a single guard, or is it the, the bad guy? Like, the main guy that took the laptop? Um, this was this was a different guy. Oh, okay. I thought he was the guy actually running the whole submarine thing. Oh, was thing. it? Oh, because it he's been. the only guy on the floor. And that makes he's, sense. Yeah, and he knew they were coming, so he's got a gun on them. Yeah, okay. Because no one else would have known. Yeah, well, that actually makes total sense. Yeah. Um, Jack it deals with him while Riley tries to shut down the... Uh, cyber weapon, which is called Cannibal. I don't know if we mentioned. I don't think actually we mentioned it at all. Yeah. The they did in fact steal a cyber weapon called Cannibal, which takes over cars, but could also take over other things. Right. So I think they just should have said that it lets you take over anything. Yeah. I don't know why you would specify that it takes over cars. Like, oh, I have a bomb and it blows up cars, mm-hmm. and also anything else you put it yeah. next to. Because <laughs> it's, it's a bomb. But it's for cars. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> But, um, and then he's like, so any mode of transportation, like for instance, submarines mm-hmm. and the Jack's like, Oh God, that was their plan all along. They were going to wait till they were close enough to the, to the Pacific coast. And then they were going to take over these submarines. And so they sit down at this henchman's laptop mm-hmm. and try and, uh, reverse the plan. So the collective wanted to hijack the submarines to launch the missiles at the coast, even though the Chinese would have done that anyway. With the release of the cyber weapon? I don't know what would have triggered the Chinese to launch a nuclear weapon. I think that's why they had to take over and do it themselves. Mm. It's still just a show of force at this point. Uh, Riley is able to shut down several of the submarines that are connected and shut down their missile launches. All but one. All but one. And finally, after all this time of uh, pretty poor computer effects yeah i'm almost convinced that it didn't actually come from this episode that it was from another it was something uh, else something else entirely because um we get a pretty impressive uh missile launch from underneath the water yeah if anybody recognizes the stock footage of a (laughs) nuclear weapon being launched from the ocean yeah it's pretty good yeah um how these these missiles come up is actually like in a big bubble of steam yeah uh because it you know kind of like helps lift them up and that's when they the engines don't actually launch until they breach the water. That's why right. they come up in this Because otherwise mode. it would explode underwater. Because yeah. the pressure against the, the the cone of the missile would set it off. Uh, so it, it was a very believable effect because it came up, it started to descend a little bit, and then the, the rocket came, kept kicked on and yeah. up it went. And then we follow it through the clouds for a while too. Yeah, which that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like it's like flying like a cruise missile, and that's not. Yeah, it would how... be right above the water. Yeah. Uh, well, a cruise missile. This this should be going up and arcing oh, and coming okay. down. It it shouldn't it shouldn't travel along the water. It's it's, it's a it's the its engines aren't aren't built for that. Oh, okay. It should it should go up and then come down. And, uh, I I firmly believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, always said that missiles should go up and then come down. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver's plan then is to throw off the coordinates of the missile by altering its, uh, altering what it believes to be its target location. Right. By affecting directly its GPS. Yeah. Um, you brought up a good point about GPS that, uh, GPS is run by the American Air Force. Yeah. And we can reset the global GPS whenever we want to. Mm -hmm. And if we're in direct contact with the American government with regard to this whole terrorist action, which they were in this episode. Yeah. They could have just said, hey, Air Force, turn off GPS for a minute. <laughs> just, so just so one this minute. nuke will fall in the ocean and then we'll be fine. 
or or do what they did in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, just shift uh, shift the, yeah. the the point off a little bit. Just they just bit. rotated until Shanghai is right where California was. <laughs> Whoops! Oh no! How did that happen? <laughs> China's launched a missile at themselves. And then they have you know twenty five hours to put together their body bag parachutes and jump out of this building. Uh, the room that they're in is surrounded by a Faraday cage. And so Jack needs to tear out this piece of uh, wire mesh, but then they're also going to use it as a dish. Right. For... I'm just realizing now, the the whole room is a Faraday cage so that no one can affect these computers. Mm-hmm. But one whole wall of the place is windows. Uh, Doesn't the Faraday cage need to be complete if it's going to prevent... Couldn't you affect the electronics in the building from the next building over? I thought the the window was on the other side of the wire mesh that he tore off the wall. Oh, did they go through into the next room? No, no. I think the the, the window had been boarded up. Oh, okay. It, it had been drywalled in with the wire mesh over the window. Oh, okay. This room had okay. no windows until they tore open the wall. Okay. I think. I think that that's what happened. Okay. Uh, and so. But if it's not what happened. Then there shouldn't have been windows on a room with a Faraday cage around it. Correct, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, they aim the uh, dish out the window, and Jack is trying to help by connecting things, and he accidentally connects these two uninsulated wires. Yeah. Which make which causes him to bridge the circuit with his body, and he has to hold it like he, that. He has to hold it because now they're they're transmitting and they can't stop transmitting at this point. Uh, so you can just see him going, going as he's holding this, hold on, holding on to this thing. And Patricia's on the phone saying, "Whatever you guys are doing, keep doing it." Yeah, because the missile starts to veer off course. It looks like it's headed towards Mexico. Yeah, but somehow it they program it in such a way that it decides it's not even going to come down. Instead of like coming down in the wrong place, mm-hmm. it just goes up into yeah. space and then explodes. I mean, I I, I suppose they could have said its internal GPS to think that it was below sea level. So it's trying to get up to, to get up above sea level because it's set to go off at zero. Um, or at least at a certain altitude. Yeah. And if it's, if it thinks it's way below that altitude, it's trying to ascend to yeah. it. Uh, but they're not affecting the altimeter and the thing they're affecting the GPS. That's true. It shouldn't have a vertical, Oh well, my GPS is uh, my my Garmin has a vertical. Will tell me how high high I am. Is it based on where you are and what the surface level is at that place? Um, I like don't it's know. Just assuming that you don't have a flying car. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I, I I've never tested. I should get up on top of a ladder with yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Uh, how did Richard <laughs> die? Well, <laughs> it's a long story. Luckily, I knew exactly where he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's easy to track. So the missile goes up into space and blows up. Um, luckily, not over anything because uh, no, it blows into... up right over uh, Shanghai, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, you can see the uh, an explosion in space over Mexico from yeah. Shanghai. No, <laughs> I can see Mexico from my house. <laughs> no, you can't. No. Um, also. Uh, you know, when you detonate a nuclear bomb in the atmosphere, a la Goldeneye or Godzilla 1985, uh, the radiation is a problem. Yeah, well, it's 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 more of the EMP. Oh yeah, that. Uh, the EMP effect of that is a uh, is widespread, and, and there were four warheads in this missile. Uh, but luckily, it, it looked like it wasn't over anything important. Yeah, just Baja, just Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> to, to to all our. Baja, Mexico, uh, Baja, California people. I apologize. Uh, so the Chinese government rushes in, arrests everybody, and they, they're looking out at the nuclear explosion and uh, seeing it as a Christmas miracle. Right. Probably, you know, it would have, they may have had a big missed opportunity here. To call it the episode Nuclear Winter? <laughs> well, because, um, no, I guess you know what? It still works. What? Um wait a minute. I think they made a big mistake. Alright, let's I, hear it. I think they made a big mistake in this episode. What was their mistake? 
they needed to point the dish at the missile. And he says, which way is west? And Riley points at the window, and then... He points it out the window, but, but he should have said which way is east, east, because California would have been east of Shanghai. Exactly. Unless he's pointing it the long way around the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually it'll hit it, right? Yeah. Um, That's true. Um, because I was thinking that if the missile was to the west, and they were looking at the bright explosion to the west... The... Oh yeah, they can see it the long way around the planet. <laughs> well, there, well, there's that, but also it would have been like the perfect for Christmas about like the the three wise men. There's three of them. Oh yeah, looking to the bright star in the west. Yeah, leading them to where to Jesus would be. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot wrong with this scene. I think that may yeah. have been what they were going for. Yeah, one of those wise men was a lady too. Yeah, that's a problem. But she did bring frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were looking to the west at the explosion, which means that the explosion was happening somewhere over Europe at best. Yeah, at best. <laughs> probably still Asia. Yeah, probably, yeah, definitely within China's borders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just put that all together wow, just that's, now. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you're totally right. They were looking the wrong direction. Uh, so, uh, back at Max's place, they all got arrested, but they all got released from China. With their get-out-of-jail-free cards yeah, that, uh, that apparently work anywhere. Despite the current tensions between China and the United States of nuclear submarines and cyber attacks. Yeah, not um, to mention that, I mean, timely as this episode is. Like, today or yesterday, like, China found uh, an American drone underwater. Their Chinese submarines found an American drone. So. And they took it. Yeah. This is ours now. Yeah. I keep like, it. I feel like that's how it should work, though. If yeah. you find another country's drone where it's not supposed to be, that's your drone now, and you're allowed to reverse mm-hmm. engineer it. Uh, Riley decides to give Bozer the remaining digits of her number. Right. So we now have... one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we now have Riley's complete phone number. Uh, and, uh, and even though he spends all of his time hanging out with her and talking to her, he immediately walks out of the room to text her. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, Jack and Diane are having a moment about them, the potential for them maybe to get back together. Yeah. And then Jack and Riley have a moment. Everyone has a moment except MacGyver at the end of this episode, by the well, way. He's, he's the most, like, paper-thin character on this show. <laughs> he's uh, the only person without a backstory or anything interesting mm-hmm. going on. Jack and Riley uh, finally bury the hatchet so to speak you know be great as if they killed macgyver off on the last episode of the season like nobody would see it coming mm-hmm. and the whole rest of the show would just be this really interesting team <laughs> <laughs> and the show would just be called r.i.p macgyver after that rip mac no it's in like a dvd ripper or something <laughs> ripped up mac, mac the ripper <laughs> yeah oh i miss mac the ripper <laughs> uh so Jack and Riley make amends, uh, and then all of a sudden it starts snowing. Right. Uh, because MacGyver rigged up a, a snow cannon. Yeah. So did Riley grow up in Los Angeles? Because um, she makes the point yeah. earlier in the episode that um, she was told that after a white Christmas, the next year is always better, but it never snowed. But it's like you kind of know based on where you live, if it's going to snow or not. Yeah. Usually. I mean, to a certain extent. Maybe she lived just somewhere right in between, where it's like, maybe it'll... Maybe it won't. We we do get some pretty crazy hail here sometimes. But as soon as any character in a Christmas episode tells you that it never snowed on Christmas for them, mm-hmm. you already it, know what that episode's going to end with. Yeah. I You know, it's kind of... <laughs> I kind of remember you making the comment now. Uh, I didn't quite get it at the time. Oh, at the beginning of the episode when I said, well, it's for sure not going to be snowing at the end of this dumb episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, because they can't, you can't make a white Christmas here. Uh, but they did. Oh my God, they, they did. did. Uh, you know, so bah humbug on you. <laughs> Bump the brakes on that bah humbug mobile. <laughs> um, and, a- it, and it looks like what you were pointing out was like the typical like soap snow yeah, from yeah, shows. Yeah. But then when they go 
and see the snow up close. It's coming out of a garden hose pumped through like a refrigerator coil. So mm-hmm. they're implying this is actually frozen water falling on yep. them. On their patio, indoor, outdoor, fire pit. What Area. Is, what is happening? I, I, I cannot get a grasp of the structure of this it's house. It's snowing, but the fire pit is lit. <laughs> That's just a weird combo. Uh, this this is an okay episode. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it could have done... The West with... thing kind of blows my mind, though. Yeah. I'm just realizing I, it now. Yeah, I'm, 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 there's a chance that I'm not remembering it, but I know she, he said West, and she points out the window, and that's the direction they point the dish. I'm pretty sure you're right. At the very least, they're looking out those windows mm-hmm. at the explosion, which should have happened on the other side of them. Yeah. And completely around the globe. Because if he, if he wanted to look east, he would have said, which way is east? Now, which way is west? Then go, okay, so that way's east. Yeah. He would have said, which way's east? Yeah. So it makes no sense for them to have a west-facing window yeah. and require it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's bothersome. Yeah. I, I also don't feel that this needed to be a Christmas episode. I mean, I know that it's that I, time of year. It's the last year. one of the year, so it had to be a Christmas episode, really. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a just a thing shows do. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's, my... it's probably, it was part of like a block of Christmas episodes. They didn't have a choice. I'm sure Hawaii Five-0 was Christmas episode. And... Yeah. It just seems weird to do, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, but they do it every year. It's network television. But I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I I like the missile stuff. Uh, the, the CG was great when it was coming out. Of yeah, the water I, I, that excites me so much. I, I I can't get over like it's like oh good, good visual, visual effects. effects. Yeah. Um, that's why I was certain it wasn't from this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, if you, like like everything else in this episode, like the. I mean, you're right. It did get a little heavy-handed with all of the like having serious conversations about parents and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I feel like. The biggest problem with all that stuff is that the the heart of their problem with each other doesn't make sense to me. That she knows why he left. Mm-hmm. She knows that he was only doing her a favor and that he's been nothing but dependable the whole time she's been working with the Foundation. She's just bitter. Yeah. That's it's kind of like, it. It's kind of like having MacGyver apologize to Bozer so many episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. It's like... This is over. We we figured out what this problem was, and we're past it, and we, yeah. can, we can stop talking about it. I know that this is all you've built into the show for these characters to talk about other than what they're doing, but we can leave the personal stuff and just have it be an action show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be entirely about whether or not he was a good stepdad or whatever. Which but, he was. Yeah. Except for the lying. Yeah, they just they just get sucked into this stuff, and it feels like... That's not what this show should be about. But yeah. Other than that, I mean, I agree. The story made sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um and uh yeah, fun effects and and I do like the globe trotting stuff. Yeah. Um, that's what makes it feel more like a MacGyver episode. Yeah, as much as the the time travel is an issue in terms of getting to Shanghai from Vancouver in sixteen hours and still having time to stop a missile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they get there exactly when it's about to happen, and they're taking yeah. their own private plane, so they can go a little bit faster than I would get to Shanghai, which would take like seven flights. Mm-hmm. But um, what airline are you flying that <laughs> you need to take seven flights? Well, it's Shanghai. just like it's it's a matter of the compatibility of airports. Like this airport doesn't fly directly to Shanghai, mm-hmm. so you got to fly here, and then you have to connect through this other country. Or else it's going to take way longer. Like, there's not a lot of, like, one-way flights directly to Shanghai from Los Angeles. I'm sure there are some. Yeah. You needed I'd say, one. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say two flights. Yeah, two a day, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean I'd say I can do it in probably two flights from, like, it'd probably be here to Hong Kong. On a moment's notice? Yeah. And you're like, I have to get on a plane right now. All right. All right. Okay, We're okay, going to uh, Google this. <laughs> yeah. This is a live. I'm going to kayak.com Rich is going to reference. embarrass himself live on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you knew this. This show is being broadcast live, so every time you download it, what you're really just downloading is a link to a live conversation, and we're starting it over each time a new listener joins us. All right, flights from LAX. Vancouver. Oh, right. Vancouver. We're going to do Vancouver? That's where they were. All right. Let's keep right. it accurate. Fair, fair enough. To Shanghai. 
right now. Right now? Okay. Yeah, it has to leave like in the next hour. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Please enter a date. Uh, I return date. It doesn't matter. You're never coming back. <laughs> it's a one way. It's ticket. a one way. Yeah, I don't know how to do one way. We'll we'll have it be. All right. We'll have it be round trip. That's fine. <laughs> Kayak.com for all your kayak needs. Also, I guess they do flight stuff. Oh, the anticipation is oh, killing gosh. me. This this loading bar is taking forever. Let's see. Oh. No, no matching results were found. Oh no, there's not even a way to get there on this day. <laughs> and he thought he could get there in two flights. Well, it's because it's like end. It's like ten thirty at night. This episode took place on Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna search, on Christmas. I'm searching gonna get tomorrow. Because <laughs> to see if any flights available tomorrow. See, lots of flights. Okay, how many? How many legs? What? what two, 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 two flights. To Hong Kong. That's what just what I said. A flight to Hong Kong and then a flight at to Shanghai. At 2 a.m. They would have had to get on a plane at 2 a.m. Find one that leaves at 3 in the but, afternoon. But 17-hour but flight. 17-hour for... For both legs. For both together. Mm-hmm. So, too late. The world is nuked. And that's in two flights. Yeah. Unless they found a, a non-stop well, flight. No, yeah. This flight's from Vancouver to Shanghai uh, in a stop in Hong Kong. Which, okay. is, which is what I said. I probably I would probably fly from if I was from here, L.A. Right, I but I was saying you would have Kong. to get to the airport within an hour. Mm-hmm. I it, agree. Yeah, that's not possible. All, almost all these flights are are over seventeen hours. Yeah, and they're Some all leaving. They all the, the first hours the first leg one, starts at two a.m. on all of them. This one's a solid twenty-four hours yeah. the entire day. Yeah, this this would not 25 work. Twenty-five. But they do have a private plane. We've covered that, so. I mean, it's not the bus from Shield. God, the highest one is twenty six hours and twenty six and a half hours. And like you said, they're long? crossing the international dateline too. Yeah. I guess for twenty six hours, maybe you're not. Are you going? Are you going west to China, <laughs> or do you go east the whole way around the world? I don't even know how that works. Anyway, I think that's about it for this yeah. episode. <laughs> this is fascinating information. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on scissors you'd like to share with us, you can find us. Not the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Le- the, the tool in general. Um, if you times? think those scissors would have been able to cut yeah. that rope, for example, um, did you ever accidentally grab like the green scissors when you were in elementary school? What the left-handed scissors? The, I always had a green handle in elementary school. I've, I didn't, I've never even seen a pair of left-handed scissors. No, to my recollection. Yeah, it was okay. So I always remember in elementary school, like whenever we had to do like little little arts and crafts projects. Yeah. Um, they had the Don't scissors. Touch the green ones. Well, yeah, that's the same. Like there was always scissors, but there was always one that had a green green handle, and I could never cut with them because they were left-handed scissors. That's so weird. It, it, it has to do with the, the 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 torque that you're applying. Weird. Interesting. Um, yeah. So if you guys have any thoughts on scissors, left-handed or right-handed, <laughs> or as I like to say, right-handed or wrong-handed. Oh. <laughs> take that, left-handers. Self pause. Um. So is it Northpaw if you're correct-handed? No, it's it's goofy foot, regular foot. <laughs> Those are skateboarding terms. We just learned that Richard cuts with his feet. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me try this again. No, this is all great. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is all, all perfect. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on this episode, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com/slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering nothing because this yeah. is going to be Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, we won't have another episode till January 6th. Does it have a name yet? Uh, good question. Sorry, I'm still looking up scissors. <laughs> Richard's just going to be buying kayaks and scissors all night. <laughs> I'm opening up a store. It's, it's a very small market. Yeah. Screwdriver. Screwdriver. Okay, so we do have a name. Using a screwdriver and bug spray. These these usually have nothing to do with the actual episode. MacGyver must find the U.S. government mole who is leaking classified intel to the organization that is trying to take down the Phoenix Foundation. More words, please. Also, Sarah returns to help with the mission, and Nikki reappears, but Matt can't tell which side she's on. Okay, so we get both of the X's back. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Where's Penny? Who? Penny Parker. Maybe they're waiting for Joe Dante's next episode. Yeah. Maybe he had dibs. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.